Hi, my name is Gina and welcome to Letters to My Daughters podcast. If you are new, I just want to take a second to welcome you. And if you are a returning listener, I just want to thank you so much for coming back. Today we are going to be talking about the topic of bullying and I've invited my dear friend Megan to be on the podcast with me. Uh, Megan and I know each other through classes that we're taking um, for Christian leadership and our husbands have been friends for a lot longer than that. Uh, But I'm just really grateful for your friendship, Megan, and I thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I'm honored that you thought of me. Of course. When I met Megan, we were in this class that was just specifically designed to tear us apart inside a little bit. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And Megan shared that she struggled with being bullied as a kid, which um, stood out to me as something I wanted to talk about on my podcast because I was a really angry kid and I was not kind to people. And I did not transform into the person I am now until I was an adult. So I spent a lot of my time being angry and mean to people. And so I thought it would be a really cool opportunity to kind of go back and forth and talk about the tactics that are used in bullying in childhood and adulthood. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, um, just like you, I was a very angry kid. I may have not shown it like outwardly, maybe not, um, like calling people names or being the bullier, but I was very angry internally. And um, growing up, I was extremely bullied. Like from the moment I went to preschool, like I was the kid that was picked last to play games and, um, you know, girls would sit by themselves and then I would always have to be by myself. And, um, you know, from an early age, that just impacted me. Um, and it stuck with me throughout my whole life. I had friends in kindergarten who would bully me and any age you think of, it would be, I would be bullied. And, um, my, you know, my distinct memories with being bullied are in fourth grade, we had like a Valentine's day party, you know, like when you make those like Valentine's day boxes and everybody brings Valentine's and stuff. Um, my teacher would like print pictures to put on our boxes so that way they'd know who the boxes were and who you'd be giving it to and all the boys um called me fat goldilocks because my hair was so curly and big and um you know I was a bigger girl back then and I just remember like feeling so heartbroken because like my childhood crush the guy who like I loved so much. Sorry, Dylan, but I just (laughs) loved this guy. And he was like, oh, it's fat Goldilocks. And, you know, those things stick with you. Like from the moment that you're young all the way until you're old, like that record still plays in my head. Like, oh, I look in the mirror and first thought is, oh, fat Goldilocks, say if my hair is too big or whatever. But, um, and yeah, I mean, just as I was older, you know, I had friends who said, you know, I smelled, I had a bad attitude, or I was just anything that you could pick apart, like, people did that to me, and in turn, I became a bully, like, maybe sometimes I was a bully, you know, because I was hurting, like, I would tell people, you know, you suck, or whatever, but I not only was a bully to people, but I was a bully to myself. Like I was self-bullying. I was Mm -hmm. constantly self-hating myself. I felt like I wasn't allowed to be in 
the areas that people were in because I started to believe the script that people put over my lot over my life and yeah and bullying is such a huge thing to me um you know feeling the effects of it but also just trying to prevent it I don't want people to feel the way I felt growing up so that's why I went into ministry because I want to be the person that I didn't have growing up if that makes sense that does and one of our mutual friends says that all the time. I just want to be the the lady that I needed as a kid that I never had. Yeah. And I like I cannot say it any better than that. Yeah. You grow you grow up and, you know, you want that person to stick up for you, especially in bullying environments. You want somebody to say, "Hey, cut it out. Hey, cut it out." And when no one's doing that for you, it really hurts and it sticks with you and then you want to become an advocate. For other people so that's my heart that's why that's why I felt honored to come on today and just talk about it because it's something that I really hold to my heart oh well thank you for being here and for being vulnerable I know it's it's hard sometimes to talk about these things that have created a script in our head that we repeat to ourselves and I had people speak a lot of death over me from like a family perspective and some of the things that hurt me that led me to act out were really things that were going on at home. Yeah. But I like I remember there was a boy in my middle school class like all three years and I was so mean to him. Like his dad was a truck driver and they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And I I remember telling him he smelled and like gagging in front of him because he smelled like mothballs. And like now that I'm in ministry and I'm saved, like I think back about how hard his life had to have been not yeah. having his dad around and struggling and trying to stick up for his younger siblings and yeah. like there's so many families that we encounter now in ministry they're going through similar things and I'm like crap yeah. like I, I screwed up and like I have a lot of regret and I know like I'm forgiven because Jesus died for me but okay. like if there's any way that I can help people understand the far-reaching impacts like you have a script in your head that somebody else gave you and I've given other people scripts in their head and I feel so bad about that. Well, I want to encourage you and, you know, the other people who are listening to this that may have been bullies. Like, you don't have to feel that guilt and that shame because the Lord does not want us to feel that at all. I mean, we are called to repentance, you know, to turn away from the sin that we are doing. But we shouldn't be living in that self-hatred that any of that and not saying that that's what you do but we've encountered a friend in our you know our christian leadership classes who carried that weight for her whole life yeah and when she shared her testimony she was just crying of the impact she had when she was hating other christians and I remember looking at her and I don't know if you remember this but like looking at her and telling her like you don't have to feel that way anymore and just the impact that had over her life because a lot of us carry that throughout our whole life I mean we've heard it all the time you know hurt people hurt people and we if we're hurting we don't know what else to do besides hurt people because the innermost feelings that we have we're going to project them outwards whether we want to or not we -hmm. are going to hurt people and if you or anyone has been spoken you know death over themselves or any of that 
the only thing you're going to know is to repeat the script that's been put inside of your head. Yeah, I agree with you. And there's scripture that backs it up. Like what's in the heart is going to be what shines out. Yeah. You can try to cover it up. You can try to pretend. But ultimately, when things get hard, your true nature is going to expose itself. And that's why repentance is such a powerful word. And it's such an underused word in situations like this, because it's not just being sorry. It's completely changing your behavior, your attitude, your perspective. Yeah. And with bullying for me, like I am now equipped to identify it with my students in high school ministry as well as with other adults. Yeah. And it helps me to be able to call people out when I feel like they're not being as loving and kind and Christ-like as they could be. Right. Right. And I see it in myself. Yeah. Well, thankfully we are in this environment where we can feel like we talk about it and Mm -hmm. unfortunately a lot of people don't have that accountability in their lives not only from a bullying perspective but also from being bullied you know a lot of us go throughout our whole lives just holding on to those grudges of bitterness and anger and hatred towards the people who bullied us or manipulated us or made us feel a certain way but When I was younger, before I knew Christ, before I had his love in my heart, I used to hate people who bullied me. Like I would want to seek vengeance and I would want to be so destructive in their lives. And I would always think, you know, they hurt me. How can I hurt them back? And as I've grown older and as I've, you know, you know, learned more about God's love for me and his grace and forgiveness, it's the fact that like just as we have been talking about, you know, hurting people are going to hurt people. And we have to understand that people are carrying weights on themselves that could be impacting them more than we have ever thought. And, you know, being bullied as a kid, it's very obvious. Like we can see those things and, you know, it's like, nana, 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 like you smell or something like that. But when we're an adult, you know, it comes in manipulation. It comes in spiritual abuse, mental abuse, gaslighting, all those things. And until we are, you know, like we are met and faced with God's love, we're going to repeat what we have been encountering. And, um, it's just important to recognize the patterns and, you know, go to therapy or go to celebrate recovery or do things that can help you identify those thought patterns or those things that have been put into your life. I have a, I have a wonderful mentor, a wonderful um, spiritual sponsor guide who, um, when I was sharing a lot of the hurts I've gone through had said to me, you know, like you have allowed people to put the like you put the pen in people's hands and they've written your story and it's time for you know you to give the pen to God and for him to write your story and I think when we are met with gaslighting spiritual abuse mental abuse taunts ignore passive aggressiveness any of that stuff it's so easy for the enemy to come in and be like that's happening you're being bullied, all those things. But we have to remember to always put the pen back into God's hand and say, no, what they're saying about me is not true. You're writing my story. You are helping me, all that stuff. So, No, I think that's so true. And like, so I became a Christian as an adult. Yeah. And I came into Christianity thinking that it was going to be like heaven, 
Right, right. And then I came to church, and the first sermon I ever heard as an adult was literally a pastor saying, like, preaching hellfire over all of the homosexuals in our community. And I was like, I don't want to be a part of this. Right, right. I don't want to come back. And Cody and I almost broke up over it because he was used to it, and he knew what the truth was. Right. But that's not how you tell the truth. No. And, like, that's not how Jesus would have told the truth. Right. And... Uh, so for me, like I had to learn the hard way that church is a hospital. Mm-hmm. People that go to church are just as broken as anybody else. Yeah. Pastors can be just as broken as anybody else. Yeah. And if you put church or pastors on a pedestal, like you're replacing God with people. Right. And you're expecting people to treat you the way that God will treat you. Right. And it's never going to happen. Right. It It reminds me a lot of last weekend for for father's day we had pastor earl mcclellan from shoreline city come and speak at christ fellowship and he talked a lot about you know kindness and he talked about cancel culture which is so evident in our (laughs) in our lives and he he had this beautiful illustration of a table and how we want people to come to the table and we should get up from the table and we should be reminded that when people come to the table they're not going to know the table manners therefore instead of belittling them and making them feel like you don't know what the bible says about this topic you don't know what the bible says about that we should help them we should show them we should love them through it because the church is a hospital the church is is a place for broken people to come to if if it wasn't and it was just this place filled with perfect people i think nobody would ever want to go to it because nobody would be real or standards are too high literally i wouldn't want to go to church and i work for a church so (laughs) i think that's something that we need to realize like we shouldn't be treating people like that way showing the real love of christ so yeah I uh, I like the story that you put in your notes. Megan is meticulous, just so that everybody knows. She's incredible with her note-taking. I look over her shoulder in class like every week, and I'm like, oh, she's so organized. If only you all could just see the cheeks I have right now. They're so red. <laughs> you but, are so amazing. But you shared this story in your notes, and like the point that you made at the end about how and don't ask me to pronounce this man's name. I know. I've messed it up all <laughs> week. I practice so hard to pronounce it on this podcast. Mephibosheth. Mehibosheth. Uh, I think that's Mehibosheth. <laughs> We're just going to call him M. We'll okay. just call him M. From from Second Samuel. Yeah. So you can tell the story if you want, but the part that stood out to me the most was that M did not think he deserved the kindness that he was shown. Yeah. He said in this story, like... Cause so, so the backstory is, you know, David comes to this place and is like, who can I show kindness to? Who can I show kindness to? And these people bring M to him. And David's like, I want to show you kindness. And M is like, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> the, I am a dirty dog. Like, I don't deserve this. And that just shows, like, M believed that His pen was life, in somebody else's hand. Literally. David strictly just wanted to come to show kindness to him. But M believed, I don't deserve this because he was lame. He couldn't walk. Like, he had a limp. And um, where I got the story was from Pastor Earl's message, you know. Pastor Earl talked about, like, when he was younger, he was dropped. And the the thing that happened to him defined him for the rest of his life. The 
the spiritual limp, you know, he had a physical limp, but the spiritual limp he had defined him his whole life. And it caused him to write the script over his life that he did not deserve kindness. He didn't deserve a seat at the table. He didn't deserve any of that. And how many people do we know that don't deserve or don't think they deserve to have a seat at our table or how often do we believe that we don't deserve a seat at the table oh girl thank you (laughs) preach it that'll preach and the thing is like as an adult I think partially the guilt that I felt about my past and it wasn't just about being unkind to people it was also about the way that I lived my life like I sinned in so many different and just bold ways like rejected God outright and so like I moved to Florida and I was a new Christian having gone through a crazy amount of like miscarriages and trauma and like I'm here and I'm like I don't even know how to meet people like I'm gonna go to this big church and I'm not gonna it's gonna feel like a million people and they're not gonna want me and who am I Mm -hmm. and like if I hadn't if I hadn't done, like, first of all, like, f- the freedom study. Right, right. I don't think that that script would have ever changed for me. Right. Because right. I had to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. And then I had to forgive the people who caused me to be so angry to begin with. Right, right. And that's a continuous process. Oh, yeah. You know, there are going to be moments where you're going to wake up and be triggered and be like, oh, that person is still causing harm in my life. I deal with that constantly. I faced huge spiritual abuse in my life. And working for a church, I hear that script in my head all the time and constantly having to remember you know Megan forgive them they were probably hurting Mm -hmm. they have a spiritual limp that's going on and if you would have asked me a year ago how I felt about it my thought process that I'm saying right now would be completely different I probably would have said they deserve it I probably would have said they are horrible people but my mom used to say all the time as a kid they had it coming literally yeah. I used to say, and I'm so ashamed to say it, but I used to say, like, when they get to heaven, you know, God's going to judge them. Yeah. They're going to get theirs. Ugh. And that came from a place of I was hurting horribly. I mean, horribly. And until I used the resources, like, I am in a Celebrate Recovery 12-step study. I am, in, I am in a staff ladies group where I talk about my problems. I have therapy I used to go to therapy but it was such a great thing for me to see a Christian counselor who could help me process these things I never would have thought that I could get to where I am now and say like no there are people who are hurting and they need the grace of God just as much as I do and while it's comforting to realize like people will be judged by God yeah so will we exactly yeah and if we're over here treating them like dogs just like M believed, if we're treating them like they have spiritual limbs and making it completely obvious to them, instead of David, who wants to show them kindness, then God's going to look at us and ask, hey, why'd you do that? I think, I think it's so cool that David had this like, no strings attached offer of kindness. Literally. Because it's like the, like what you mentioned before about like manipulation being a form of bullying, like I think a lot of people look at their relationships as like transactional. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, okay, I'm going to show you kindness, but you're going to 
do X, Y, Z for me. Literally. And then when that's not reciprocated, there's resentment. Mm -hmm. And that's where the relationship breaks down as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why a lot of adults say they feel lonely now. Yeah. It's hard for adults to make friends. I was in, I was in the same boat that you were when you moved to Florida. I'm from Pennsylvania and I don't, I didn't know a soul when yeah. I moved down here. So making friends for me was super hard. And not to mention, I experienced so much hurt. Oh, yeah. So bringing that with me, it was like I packed another suitcase Aww. filled with so much of my baggage to try to make friends with people. And I, in the beginning, I felt like my friendships were transactional as mm-hmm. much as I didn't want to believe that. But it was a control thing. I wanted to tell my story up front, like, I'm going to tell you everything that's happened to me. And then if you can't handle it, I'll know that you're a friend. Like, I know that you can't be my friend. And I know that sounds so messed up, but when you go through so much pain, your brain believes these things. But at the end of the day, through help and all that stuff, I've learned, like, no, you're hurting. People are hurting. And your hurt can be a lot for people. And we have to understand that we need to have grace towards everyone we talk to. Um, Another thing, another scripture that I love, um, and as I was praying over this whole topic, um, in Romans, it talks about, you know, like, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. And I think um, we just need to learn to have this culture of like honor, this, Mm. this culture of like honoring people with sincere love. And I was, I was like doing some Googling, some like researching and stuff. And, um, I came across this definition of like a culture of honor. And it just said, I'm going to treat you the way that God sees you with love and with grace. And I feel like when you're being bullied or if you're experiencing bullying, that is so hard to do just to like treat people the way God sees them because our human flesh says, no, I don't want to treat them that way. You've wronged me. You've hurt me so bad. But a scripture that goes well with this culture of honor is Philippians 2, 3 through 4 that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or feigned conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And I think we get so caught up in looking inward that we're never looking outward. We're never looking towards people. We're always looking, how is this affecting me? And we're using a lot of I, me language, not you language. Um, And the only way to truly heal is if we're using you language, like looking outwards and remembering that people are people and they're flawed. Oh yeah. One of the coolest examples of that what you just shared that I've gotten to experience is like we have a blended family and um, my daughter, my oldest daughter's father was very abusive to me and very unkind to me. And he's still currently not very nice to his daughter. Yeah. And so Cody has stepped in as the stepfather and she calls him dad and treats him like her father Yeah. and she loves him. But my husband, Cody h- hated my ex. Yeah. He, um, like couldn't even have a conversation about him without just getting super angry. And, um, I told Cody that he just needed to pray for him, that he needed to pray for him to be blessed and honored. And like 
now he's able to be in the same room with him and be tolerant and kind and patient. And we've been praying that like he would find Jesus. And like this summer he enrolled Madeline in a Christian summer camp that he would have last summer said, Oh, I hate Jesus. I don't want. So like the example of praying for those who persecute you or who have hurt you or hurt people you loved. Yeah. It changes your heart. There's just something about the Holy spirit. It's, it's not explainable, but he softens your heart towards others. Yeah. And I think we also need to realize in Ephesians, it talks about how our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but rather it's against, you know, the darkness and the spiritual forces Mm -hmm. of evil and in the heavenly realms. Like we need to realize that bullying is just like spiritual warfare. Like the enemy wants no more than to ruin our lives and, and make us feel like scums of the earth. And he will use people to do that yes unfortunately and if we give him that foothold and we give him our voice and we give him that pen yeah he's in control yeah plain and simple and not only is that not honoring to god but like you're doing yourself a huge disservice because you're perpetuating exactly what you hate yeah yeah you're doing the same exact thing that was done to you and you don't want to do that because imagine how you feel you feel like the worst person in the entire world and we don't want to feel that no <clears throat> no and if jesus can hang on the cross like i don't know you've watched the passion right? yes yeah 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 like it makes every, me cry every time oh yeah <laughs> every mean thing that people yelled at him every time that they chose barabbas over jesus yeah. like and he just took it yeah. You know, he didn't lash out. He could have. He could have killed every single one of them. Literally. Like slow and painful, like worst imaginable. And he hung on that cross. Those hands and feet that like just the existence was miraculous, let alone all of the things that he did. And and he just hung there. Yeah. But then like the stuff that was going on that we couldn't see, the the fact that Satan was defeated for us, like that gift is so motivating yeah to one not hate your enemies but two to be just thankful every single day right because that like if jesus could be rejected and hated and shamed and spat on and abused and tortured like and murdered yeah like if jesus could do it like i i have no choice like i i love jesus too much i honor jesus too much to treat people that way right and it's so easy. Like, when I hear that story, my instant thing is, like, I love Jesus so much. And instead of being, like, thinking of the people who did that in the eyes of grace, I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, the Savior of the world is up on the cross, and yet you are bullying him. You are making him feel, like, not, and again, I'm not Jesus. I can't yeah. assume what he thought. But But if I was up there, I'd be like this stinks like nobody loves me nobody's here to support me and i wouldn't i wouldn't react the same way jesus did no (laughs) have you seen the movie redeeming love no i haven't okay there's this i'm gonna do like a quick spoiler so it's completely spoil away okay so it's a romance movie Mm -hmm. but it's got a deeper meaning and so there's a harlot and then there's this like farmer yeah and um he sees her in the town square in olden 
gold rush times. And he's like, I'm going to marry her. Like, she's beautiful. He doesn't know how dirty and, and tarnished she is. He just says, like, I'm going to marry her. And um, he rescues her from prostitution. And she goes and lives with him. And she keeps thinking, like, what's the catch? Like, what am I going to owe you? Like, and he's so gentle and tender and patient with her. And, you know, like, it's this beautiful love story, but she just can't submit herself to it. Right. And she actually takes her wedding ring off and leaves it on the table. And she leaves him and goes back to prostitution. Wow. And then he goes and saves her again. Oh, my gosh. And then she does it again. And that time, he knows he can't. And she gets it together. She gets her life together. She thinks she's still too dirty to, to be redeemed, but she gets herself out of prostitution. She gets herself into a position where she's like teaching and helping young girls not fall into that life. Yeah. And then, you know, they find each other again and they reunite and it's beautiful and they have a love story for the ages. But think about it if we're the harlot and the husband is Jesus. Yeah. And we take our ring off. And we're like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not good enough for you. Or I just, I need to take care of something really quick. I'll be back. Yeah. And then we go off and we bully somebody or we hurt somebody or we hurt ourselves. Yeah. And then we come back and we're like, oh. And sometimes he saves us. Sometimes he comes swooping in like the hero. But sometimes he knows that we just have to figure it out. Yeah. And I never, like, so one of my, one of my verses right now is Psalm 5110. And one of the sentences in it is do not cast me from your presence or take your holy spirit from me mm. like i'm so desperate to not lose him yeah but i walk away from him yes yeah <laughs> which is it's it's such a struggle because you know oftentimes we want to control the narrative yeah and when things aren't being like we're hearing from jesus we're hearing from the Holy Spirit and like it's not what we want to hear we're like okay I'll just go do what I want and then Jesus so lovingly sits there and is like okay I'll wait for you to understand I'll be here when you get back I heard this amazing beautiful illustration of Jesus when I was in college about how he has this like he's not forceful he's not he's not going to force you to do something but rather like he will wait and he will he'll stay and still be there to help you through it and um oftentimes I think of it I think of my relationship with God as this like he wants me to release you know whether I'm worried or whatever like he wants me to release that to him so that way he could do it because he's not gonna sit there and force his way in like he wants me to give it over and I think when we turn away from being the bullier, mm -hmm. I think when we fully release, like, I'm done with this. Like, until we say it verbally out loud and we fully repent from what we did. Yes. We're never, like, we're just going to keep going back. Kind of like the harlot. Yes. If I said that right. We're no, just going to keep going back, back to it until we fully say, like, okay, I'm done. And do it every single day. Because repentance yeah it, sometimes it's a one thing but sometimes daily we have to pick up our cross yeah. and walk away <laughs> and intentionally forgive mm -hmm. yeah so I want to like also bring up the fact that 
God has already accounted for all of this in the Bible. Literally. If you read your Bible, every single part of the Bible addresses these different issues that we deal with in modern times. And people like to say, oh, well, that's old. Like, that's from long ago. It doesn't apply anymore. But like, if you read in the Bible, it talks about the the Lord taking care of people who slander you and hurt you. Yeah. Like in Lamentations 3, it says in, in verse 58, you, Lord, took up my case. You redeemed my life. Lord, you have seen the wrong done to me. Uphold my cause. You have seen the depth of their vengeance, all their plots against me, Lord. You have heard their insults, all their plots against me. What my enemies whisper and mutter against me all day long. Look at them, sitting or standing. They mock me in their songs. Pay them back what they deserve, Lord, for what their hands have done. Put a veil over their hearts and make your curse be on them. Pursue them in anger and destroy them from under the heavens of the Lord. Wow. If you are allowed to pray that to God. Yeah. Imagine how much better you'll feel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another, as you're saying that, you know, I, I feel like that's, I can just picture somebody like who's just feeling so, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Literally. And it reminds me of, you know, Psalm 34. Um, 17 through 19 it says the righteous cry out and the lord hears them he delivers them from all their troubles the lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit the righteous person may have many troubles but the lord delivers him from them all Mm -hmm. and i think yes we can talk about the bully and i know that some people who may be listening are like well what about me like i'm being bullied right now how, what can you say to me? Like, you, Well, you say these prayers. Yeah. And then you release it. It's in God's hands. And also to know that, like, the Lord hears you. Yes. Hears your prayers, but he's so close to you. Like, he's not surprised by the bullying that's happening. No. He's not surprised that you're going through what you're going through. He's He's seen it, and he knows what's how you're going to get through this. He's walking beside you kind of like that. And I hate to say cheesy, but like that cheesy, like picture where there's like footprints in the sand and (laughs) like he's with you every step of the way. And he's close to you because he hears you. He hears your desperate cries, those cries of complete desperation. Like God, I'm so brokenhearted. I have no friends. People are bullying me. I feel so alone. He hears mm-hmm. you and he's there instantly. He's it doesn't take him like 3 to 5 days like UP, <laughs> UPS ground shipping, but like he's instantly there. And how amazing is it that like we have God in our lives? I can't imagine. I remember what it was like before having God, but like having him now, ugh. My life is so much better with him in it. Yes. Yeah. And I do have to say too, so like there's two points that I want to make. One, God hears your prayers. Yeah. And he personally responds to you. Mm -hmm. This isn't a dear Abby where like you get a generic reply about how you need to leave your husband and literally, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. That's not, that's not what this is with prayer. Like God hears you. He hears you specifically. Yeah. He's sitting in the seat next to you in your car and he is listening like your best friend and his response to you is going to be personal and deep and if you accept his answer 
Yeah. And you don't ignore it and take your ring off and leave going back to being a hooker. Prodigal son (laughs) type stuff. Um, Yeah. You know, like it is personal. And the trials that you go through, like there's so many scriptures that say that like trials produce character and perseverance and hope. Yeah. And so while it sucks that you're going through it, it can be used to glorify God and for the good. Like God takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it for good. Literally. And so the evil things that have happened to you or that are currently happening to you can be used for good. And if there's anything I've learned from my experiences with infertility and miscarriage and also just being a terrible human being before Jesus, Mm -hmm. like those testimonies are what's helping people now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel so encouraged you know, knowing, and I think it's cool, you know, that we have two sides of the coin right now, like you being the bullier, also being bullied, (laughs) but like, and then me being the one who really suffered at the hands of bullying. I think people can be encouraged that no matter what side of the coin you're on, no matter what page you've written in your life, like there is still redeeming grace for you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You can, you could be the worst bully to somebody. You could have made their life so bad, but you are still not outside of the realm of grace. And forgiveness. And forgiveness. There can be complete healing in that relationship. And if there isn't, that's okay. I There are some relationships in my life where I have, I have been horribly bullied by people, family members, um, pastors, friends, all that stuff that I have forgiven but I haven't, I have, I have want no relationship with them and that's okay. I think a lot of times when we talk about forgiveness, like, especially when I was an early Christian, like early in my walk, um, I thought that forgiveness meant, you know, forgive them and let's have the best relationship the rest of our lives. And, and unfortunately, like, that's not how it works sometimes. Like you have to realize that forgiveness is very, it's, it's, situationally like important to understand what needs to happen for that to happen um Mm. there's a difference between forgiveness and restoration yes yes um i don't i don't even know if i'm going to say this right but i heard somebody once say like forgiveness is for you and god and you know restoration is for you and the other person Mm -hmm. like i i know that like in my heart i've forgiven those people Mm -hmm. but it's okay and it's a hundred percent healthy for me to not want to talk to them or be around them because the Lord doesn't want you to consistently go through that heartache, to go through that pain. That's something that's been hard for me. Yeah. Like it's something that I've worked through because so my adoptive mom and I have a really strained relationship. Yeah. And um I always thought that because she was my mom and because I owed her some debt of gratitude for adopting me and saving me or whatever, that like I wasn't allowed to set boundaries with her. Yeah. And as an adult, I've learned I can and I do. Yeah. And when she doesn't respect those boundaries and when she tries to take the pen out of my hand, yeah, I don't allow it. Right. And so I've had to tell myself time and again, like especially lately, like it's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say no. And it's also okay to ask for what you want. Yeah. Like, if you want deeper friendships, ask for it. Yes. Like, reach out to people. Like, if I I can remember sitting in my car, like, during COVID and crying my eyes out into the steering wheel, telling God, like, 
you moved us across the country like you made all of these puzzle pieces fall into place and here we are and I'm so lonely yes I've prayed that exact prayer (laughs) like why am I here yeah like I prayed when we bought our house like God we we're gonna buy this house that's bigger than we need because we want to fill it with people and we want to have these groups like now it's coming to fulfillment right but 18 months ago was a completely different story. Yeah. But if I had, I don't think if I had asked for what I wanted from God and from others, like if I hadn't, if I had kept myself closed down and I had met you and I had been like, well, I mean, she's nice, but like, I'm just not, I'm not good enough or I'm too damaged. Right. Like, I, I don't think that I would have the life that I have now. And God sees my potential and I have to trust that he's going to fulfill it. Wow. That'll preach. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Gina. <laughs> Girl, I just make the coffee, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's so true. Like, we we as humans de- desire community. Yes. I mean... We're not created to be alone. Well, God lives in community. Yes. You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Like, we were made for community. Mm-hmm. You know, Adam, Eve was created for him to not be alone. Like, we have to remember that, like, when we are alone... It's not healthy. The enemy is present when we are alone. And he does his best work. Yeah. Like, not that I'm giving him much credit. No, God. Not at all. But the fact is, is that when we are alone with our thoughts, when we are alone by ourselves, mm-hmm. he will do the best work. I I think of like last year um, for the 4th of July, I, and we're coming up on it, ironically. <laughs> um, I was so alone. Mm. I remember sitting on my couch crying looking at instagram and i know i shouldn't have been on instagram but the enemy loves to use comparison in my life and i was looking at people's instagram stories of like oh my gosh they're having a barbecue and i'm not there you know what's crazy is our husbands were friends last fourth of july and you should have been at my house literally (laughs) but we won't go there but i was just i was like oh my gosh i'm so alone and I was so depressed and I just cried out to God like, God, I want to have the best 4th of July next year. And literally my plans to go back home, I was going to go home, I was going to go to parades, I was going to be with my family, all that got canceled. And now I'm like faced with a choice. I could either, I could have either sat on my couch again and been so alone or I could have given the pen to God and been like, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do, which is text people, Mm -hmm. not allow the enemy to keep me by myself and make plans for the 4th of July and do things with people that will be life-giving and healthy and not allow the enemy to bully me into aloneness or upsetness. And I think one thing we have been touching on is the fact that we are faced every single day with the biggest bully of them all, the enemy. Like we have to recognize his his methods of attack on us, the way he likes to get under our skin. I know I have fully recognized mine. You probably have recognized your yours, Gina. But at the end of the day, like if if you're listening to this and you're like, what what does the enemy do to me? Like, what is the thing that you're most insecure about? Well, like in the Bible, Jesus literally called Peter Satan. Like our best friends can say words that are impulsive Mm -hmm. or just spur of the moment that strike us and like not that they are possessed by a demon or something but like 
we are so flawed literally and so sinful and we're not yes. in heaven we're in a fallen world and we're under the curse of sin yes and so it's not just some supernatural force that's coming after you sometimes yeah. it's the people you love the most and i think identifying where your triggers are and being able to say hey um that sucked when you said that yeah and can you not say that again yeah um, is really important it goes along with asking for what you want yeah i um I know I keep going to Ephesians, but I love Ephesians. It's such a good book. Yes. Um, my my wedding vows are all Ephesians. Oh, that's oh. <laughs> Ephesians is so good. I remember when Pastor Todd did a whole like sermon series on Ephesians, and it just like like blew my mind. But um, the the verse in Ephesians four that says, "Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only yes. what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may be." Ben, that it may benefit those who listen you know when when we bully other people or when the enemy's bullying us or like any of that stuff we're not being built up or we're not building other people up no we are completely tearing them down and um yes we can you know turn the other cheek we can do all that stuff but saying setting boundaries doing those things you know as you talked about with your adoptive mom like we need to stand up for ourselves, but we also need to stand up for the people who have been persecuted, who have yes. been torn down, all that stuff. I remember, and I think it's so funny how the Lord works. You know, when you were sharing that story about that guy you used to bully and said about mothballs, I had a guy in my middle school, high school, um, his name was Tyler. He was so bullied because of how bad he smelled. Like, mm -hmm. so bullied to the point where, like, people would walk past me and, like, plug their noses and go, ew, like, la, la, la. And I remember one day, like, I was sitting at a table with him. We had classes a lot because we were in the same grade. And I remember sitting there, and he was so upset. Like, to the point where, like, he could, he, it looked like he had a physical weight on him. Mm -hmm. And I remember just feeling convicted stick up for him stick up for him no one else is you need somebody to stick up for you stick up for him and I remember another person came by and stuck up like started making fun of him and I just looked at them and I said you need to stop it right now and my teacher her eyes little her eyes like raised up a little bit like I could see her in the corner of my eye and I was like you need to stop harassing him like he what is what's the problem yeah he hasn't showered or maybe he smells a little but like you're a jerk <laughs> like like you know like but saying like, those things yeah. but at the end of the day like every single time I saw Tyler he instantly wanted to sit near me he instantly said hi to me he was always kind to me because I showed kindness yeah. and I think we need to remember that there are going to be people in our lives who don't have anybody to have like them speak up for them yes yes and we need to remember that we need to stick up for those people just like our friend um leanne says you know i want to be the person that i didn't have growing up or or all that we need to remember that we don't have people who stand up for us all the time mm -hmm. and it makes a world difference that person could be thinking about ending their life that day or shooting up their school any of that it's yeah. very evident now in these days yeah in a smile how are you stop bullying him stop 
stop making fun of the way she looks. Like those little things could change the narrative of their entire story. It could change what they do for their the rest of their lives. So I don't know. I that's something I'm also passionate about. I actually I wore a shirt today yes. that says choose kindness. Like we both have our cheesy Christian shirts on. We do. <laughs> but I I don't know. Like I think if there was more people in the world who chose kindness, who chose to build each other up, who chose a culture of honor, who chose mm-hmm. those things, the world would be a much better place. Yes. We're dealing with, you know, racial issues we're dealing with you know all of these things that people are choosing to say horrible things Mm -hmm. and if we could just choose let's be kind today let's not post that on the internet let's not say that to the person let's think before we speak I think we would live in a place that would be so much better yes yes um one of the things that stands out to me about you from your experience with being bullied like I was at our meeting on Wednesday Mm -hmm. and I met somebody who knows you and I don't want to use her name just because I don't I don't have her permission that's okay she she was like oh where do you work and I was like well I work down or up north and um, she was like, oh, I work here. And I was like, oh, you probably know Megan. And she was like, oh, I love Megan. <laughs> and she said to me, Megan's so like, she's safe. Like her humanity is just such a comfort. And like, that's such a really like amazing way of saying it because you do have this humanity about you. Like I can talk to you and your compassion and your empathy is so evident. And like, You've turned something really ugly that happened to you and that probably still continues to happen to you on occasion because we all deal with it. Yeah. Like you you turn it into this opportunity to have this just great show of love. And like I really admire that about you because you could be bitter and you could have a hard heart and you could not love people because of what happened. And most people would say you're entirely justified. Yeah. But you didn't allow it. You took the pen back. I've had people say that I'm entirely justified in how I should be. I was telling somebody, I mean, I used to work for a church that was terrible, but I've had um, people literally say to me, like, why do you work in a church if you were working in a church that was bad? And I'm like, well, it's not this church's fault. Like, it's not, like, it's not God's fault of what happened. It just happened. And the fact is, is that... People need to realize that any new person you meet, any person you encounter, they aren't the ones that hurt you. They aren't the ones that cause the pain in your life. And even those who cause the pain in your life, we keep saying, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Like they need compassion too. And I could go on and be bitter Mm -hmm. and angry and rude to everybody I meet. But again, I don't want people to feel the way that I felt growing up. I want people to feel loved and cared for. And that comes a lot of me being a two on the Enneagram. And like, (laughs) I just care so much about people and I love them and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like, what would Jesus do? What would he do? And I know that that's such a corny thing. And like, we put it on bracelets and hats and all that stuff. But like, how would Jesus treat this person? I love that you said that. We we overcomplicate things a little bit. Mm -hmm. And like... 
Like, I love how Jesus called us to be like little children. Like, Jesus never called us to have childlike faith. He never was like, have the faith of a child. But he compared, like, children's demeanor. Like, they're born. Like, my my daughters love every single person they meet. Right. No matter what color their skin is. No matter what size they are. No matter, like, I have a transgender sibling. They don't see them as whatever label is on them. They see them as a, a child of God. And they say, oh, I like your hair. I like your nails. I like, you know, I love you. We play with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, it reminds me of Philippians 4, 8, which is my like life verse. And it's um, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, yes. whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that verse has changed how I judge others. Yeah. It's changed how I approach others. Yeah. Because... I want to greet others with this like joy of just like, oh, God made you and he made you amazing and he made you in his image. And like, if we don't treat each other like that, like just the way that the little children, like they're just born to love. Yeah. You know, like we overcomplicate it. Yeah. It's like that verse and I didn't, I didn't write it down, but you know, like the, (laughs) the Holy Spirit like brings things to you. It reminds me of that verse that, um, it's about, you know, love and how, like, if I have you no know, love, it's like a clattering symbol. Yeah. Like, if I'm not treating people with love, what is the point? Yeah. What is the point? And I know this is, like, your, like, letters to your daughters and stuff like that. I just, I feel like if I were to tell my future daughter about, like, bullying, I would say you're going to encounter people like this in your life. And you have a choice. Mm-hmm. You have a choice to whether or not you can respond angrily or you could respond in a positive way. And because it's inevitable, we're going to face bullying. And like, as women, mm-hmm. be, you mentioned my daughters, women are competitive. Yes. They're catty. Yes. Like we are cursed with certain personality traits that are consistent across the board. Yeah. And not to mention just like women are bullied more often than men anyway I mean men still get bullied I'm not no I'm not just discrediting men what I'm (laughs) saying is though like bullying is more evident in that like women yeah but but we do it to each other literally and it's so upsetting and um we will never escape bullying there is not one person who will escape it. it it's it doesn't have to be like as a kid obvious or as an adult, not as obvious. Like we will encounter it at one point in our life, but it's how we respond to it. Yeah. That's what makes the difference. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, my prayer for people is that people would respond positively. I know that that's not possible for everybody, but we need to look at people with love. We need to look at people with this, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, all yeah. that stuff. We need to treat people with kindness. There's there's this song, and I know, like, this is a Christian podcast and Harry Styles, whatever, but <laughs> he has a song that's like, maybe we should treat people with kindness. Like, and that's just all he sings. He's singing, like, let's treat people with kindness. And there are times in my car I will just belt out that song, like, turn up the volume and I'll just say like maybe we should treat people with kindness and I'm like yes 
There's one by the Maccabees called No Kind Words. Yes. And they say, if you've got no kind words to say, you should say nothing more at all. It's like, yeah, if you have nothing nice to say, just don't say it. Yep. And I think in this culture where we have social media and we can post things and we can make these keyboard warriors, literally, we should think we should use this beautiful brain that the Lord has given us. (laughs) That was made in his image. Mm -hmm. And think of people as human beings that need love and compassion Mm. and think of the fact that if they're bullying you they're not doing it because of you it may feel like a personal attack but they're they're hurting and if i could just say one thing to sum up the whole thing is hurt people hurt people yes but hurt people need love too Mm -hmm. they desperately do oh absolutely especially for me like I hurt people because I, I genuinely believed that I was unlovable Yeah, and I didn't let anybody in and I just made up lies and I was just really unstable because at home I believed that I was just not worth it. Mm -hmm. And that was said to me. Yeah. And so for those who have gone through seasons where they've hurt people intentionally, because they're just so hurt themselves like you can change it you can redeem yourself and god would rather have your broken heart and your repentance than some great big speech and a big check that you wrote or whatever literally yeah like psalm 51 10 um that i read before it goes on in verse 16 to say you do not delight in sacrifice or i would bring it you do not take pleasure in burnt offerings my sacrifice oh god is a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart god you will not despise yeah like it's easy it is it's easier than it sounds to just tell him like i'm not gonna do this anymore yeah so if you are, if you're listening today and you fall into, you know, the three categories, either you're being bullied or you are a bully or you are so out of hope that you feel like nothing's going to change in your life, I want to encourage you, just as Gina and I have kept saying today, you know, like God's love transforms And God's love is inclusive and he loves all. Yes. He, he is near to the brokenhearted. He, he will change you from the inside out. And it's not like that, the change that only happens on the surface. It's like he will come in and uproot all forms of evil thinking in your head and will replace it with beautiful flowers (laughs) and just, just allow you to live this life where you can be the advocate for somebody, where you can yes. help. And you can have, you don't always want restoration and relationships that have hurt you, but you can have restoration with yourself. Yes, 100%. He can purify your mind. He can restore your mind. And with God, we know we have sound mind. Yeah. And I don't know if this is the way that you like normally end your podcasts or not, but I just have this like, this spirit of like if there's anyone listening to this today and like they don't know jesus like Mm -hmm. you can you can know jesus if you're sitting in your car if you're sitting on your bed or you're you're like at the beach like (laughs) you can know jesus and um i just want to invite you to know him and 
um, you can just pray this prayer with us as we're doing it. But um, just repeat after us, dear God, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you so much for all that you've done in my life. I have messed up, but I know that that's not the end of my story. I ask that you would come into my heart and change everything. Thank you for um, your sacrifice on the cross and for redeeming me um, in your image. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Girl, thank you. You're welcome. You guys, if you if you have a story that, that you want to share about bullying and how it's transformed you or changed your life or just that you're stuck, please feel welcome to reach out to me. Um, you can email me at questions.letters to my daughters at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at letters to my daughters podcast. Um, but Megan, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm really grateful for your vulnerability and your willingness to share your story. And I just hope you know how much I love and appreciate you. I love and appreciate you too. <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, I encourage you to subscribe and share. And if you would like to leave a review, you can do so on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you would like to connect with me on social media, you can find me at Letters to My Daughters Podcast. Thanks again for listening and hope you have a great day.